Hey there, Radiant Souls. It's your host, Gina Kunadian, bursting with excitement to welcome you back to season two of the Shine Within podcast. You've been with me through our incredible first season, and now it's time to crank up the intensity. You know me, your energetic cheerleader, a mom of three fabulous boys, an empowering certified massage therapist, and the game-changing alcohol-free sobriety coach. With my trademark enthusiasm, I'm here to uplift more motivated women to break free from the chains of alcohol dependency. And guess what? We're still defining the norms with our unique non-traditional approach. Get ready to supercharge your transformation as I bring you an all-new lineup of awe-inspiring guests this season. They're the powerhousers in the realms of mindset, health, and spirituality. And they're all set up to equip you with potent tips and tools. We're talking about crafting unyielding confidence, honing laser-focused clarity, and infusing your life with exhilarating energy. This season, our mission is to ignite your creative potential to even greater heights, helping you to manifest the life of your dreams, all while living vibrantly, alcohol-free. So buckle up as we journey deeper into the realm of self-discovery, awakening the inner magnificence that's ready to burst forth. Season 2 of Shine Within is about to take you to new horizons. Get ready to experience your true power and unleash your brilliance. So if you are ready to shine even brighter, welcome. Hey, lovely listeners. If you're finding value in what you're hearing today, make sure to head over to the show notes. Not only will you find more details on today's topic, but you'll also get an exclusive invitation to join my free Facebook group, Awakened Souls. This community is perfect for women who are either sober curious or currently journeying through recovery. Being part of Awakened Souls offers a supportive environment where you can connect with like-minded women, all working towards an alcohol-free lifestyle. Plus, there are special free gifts waiting for you inside the show notes, curated specifically to empower and assist you on your journey. If you're loving the content, I'd be also so grateful if you take a moment to rate this podcast. Your feedback helps me continue bringing you the conversations and insights you love. Let's keep the momentum going. And remember, you're not alone on this journey. I am here for you every step of the way. Welcome back to the Shine Within Podcast. In this insightful episode, we're joined by Kat Nye, a renowned dating clarity coach who specializes in empowering singles to manifest the relationships they truly desire. Through her signature framework, Kat has transformed the dating experiences of many, infusing them with newfound confidence, perspective, and the courage to co-create their dream relationships. Tune in as we delve into the art of building meaningful connections, navigating the intricacies of dating, and the transformative power of clarity in relationships. So whether you're single, in a relationship, or simply seeking a better understanding of love and connection, this episode with Kat is not to be missed. How are you, Kaz? Nice to see you today. And I'm so happy we get to connect. Yay. <laughs> Yay, I know. Thank you so much, Shana. I am so grateful to be here and be able to share these amazing, practical and effective relationship building skills. Yes. Now, speaking of relationships, so I had horrible relationships in my past, you know, from like junior high, high school, college, even to my marriage everything failed. It wasn't until 2020, well, actually, I should say technically 2019, that I met my now husband. Mm -hmm. And we actually met literally in August, we got engaged, end of September, we got married. Well, this is a side note. I don't know if anyone knows this, but we actually got married to the clerk's office in, in, uh, in October 15th. And then we had our wedding February 1st, 2020. And our marriage is so much better and I'm so much happier. And I really have to say it's probably because I became sober. <laughs> yes. So I healed all my childhood stuff and did all that, whatever I needed to do, healing work. And now I'm just in a happier relationship. I'm so fulfilled in my heart. And I'm very, I'm so happy that you're able to help a lot of women or in men. I'm not sure if you do both. Um, but help them navigate this journey because it's hard in relationships, even with like brothers, sisters, you know, family, whoever. So I would love for you to go ahead and share as a clarity coach, how do you approach unique challenges faced by singles and in sobriety, let's say, when navigating the dating scene? Yeah, I first would say you did all the work and really led you to get the results you wanted. So yay, good for you. I'm so happy for you. And I just want to share that, that we were never taught how to do all this. 
right? right? We, we learn from our parents, learn from people around us, from our friends, like we learn from media, right? Like TV and all that stuff to learn how to be in a relationship or what it looks like, right? And oftentimes, I just want to share a little side bit of like, you know, just a side story. Over the holidays, I was watching TV with my, my brother and I was like looking at the TV. I'm like, no, oh my God, are people thinking this is okay to communicate like this? Of yelling at each other or trying to talk over each other or just like having that. Yeah, it just like, I just was watching this dramatic unfolding of conversations between a couple, between, you know, father and son and just going, no, this is not how we should be communicating. What we see on TV is a dramatized version of it. And that doesn't really help you build really good communication skills. And I just want to share like, you know, back then I felt, you know, I was very, very single. That's why I embarked on this whole journey. <laughs> and I totally understand how nowadays dating and relationships could feel really hard and really complicated. And back then I was a workaholic, so it was easy for me to dive into work, right? And maybe like you said, for sobriety, people dive into alcohol or something else to escape their problems because they just didn't know how to deal with it or figure it out. So I think that's why I came to this approach to go, wait, choosing a partner is such an important part of your life. This is one of the most important person, like like if you understand, right, of meeting a really good partner means that you are you're you're highly influenced by your partner by your decisions your life choices your mental well-being all that's wrapped around you know this person you spend majority of your life with right and in if you've experienced and have i experienced in my life that i saw how your life partner could either support you and make your life better or could sabotage you and make your life even more miserable Right. So that's why I came with this approach of like, how do I set up a really strong foundation for a lasting relationship? And how do I be a better partner myself? And the more I learned, the more I realized, like I said earlier, we were never taught how to do this, right? How we were never taught how to communicate effectively and vulnerably without a hidden agenda. It's always about who's right, who's wrong, right? And those are actually not the right approaches. And yeah. And I also just had so much learning to do, right? Like yeah. attachment styles. Like I was a nice girl who had to stuff down all my needs and wants to, you know, to make the peace, right? So that's why I wanted to really learn and also now teach and share this now because there's so much bad dating and relationship advice out there. And that's when I realized, you know, I need to go do this. I need to share and counteract all that bad advice. And that's why I kind of, I, I am not just calling myself a dating and relationship coach. I call myself a dating clarity coach because my goal and my approach is to give singles more clarity, more hope and more courage that they can build a deeply connecting, a loving relationship that they've always wanted. That love doesn't have to equal pain. Love doesn't have to equal abandonment. Right. More importantly, what you want is possible for you. I and I love that. What you just said. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought up some good points here. Like communication is so important. And yes, we are influenced by the media, right? There's like TVs, movies. This is how love is supposed to look like. And if you don't have this, and you are in the wrong, well, you're with the wrong partner. Yeah. No, no, no. We all go through like heartache, even with our what we consider our soulmate like even for myself with the love of my life the mm-hmm. one that I think I was destined to be with <laughs> in different lifetimes perhaps even <laughs> um but I we go through stuff still you know we still go through our issues and our I mean we're human beings still trying to figure things out here on earth so yeah exactly and I think that's a thing that's another like media kind of belief that like oh once you find the right person everything is perfect everything just works out perfectly or once you get married then everything happily ever after right those are all beliefs that actually don't really serve us because yes a relationship does take work you have to consistently invest time and energy and effort into this relationship because and not just because you know it's something you have to do but because the reward you get back can be tenfold. You have someone who has your back or someone who supports you, who's someone who makes your life better and more enjoyable, right? 
Right. Oh my goodness. So uh, talking about vulnerability, I have to share a story with you. So here I was in my, you know, I had just met the guy that I was like, oh, he's so cool. I like to hang out with him. But literally I was in my second or third or second year of sobriety. And I told myself, and I promised myself, I was not going to date anybody, but myself. <laughs> I was going to date God and myself. <laughs> That's who I was going to date. Cause I need to figure out who Gina is as a sober person. And so I did that. So I did not want to date. I didn't want to do anything, but this would kind of caught, caught me by surprise. And I'm like, you know what, let's go ahead and Let's hang out and talk. And we were going to the same church. Actually, we were we met in street ministry, but I actually did children's ministry. And his son, who is mm -hmm. one year older than my youngest son, uh, is in my class. And I always had a soft, I always loved him. I was like, he was so cute. But anyway, when we went out, I had to, I felt like I had to be vulnerable and share with him my my story. I'm like, you know what? I have to. Either this guy is going to appreciate that. Or he's gonna run away and and block me or whatever because my story is crazy, right? So can you just actually discuss the importance of vulnerability and open communication? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this is a point that I want to share really clearly with your audience is that in order for you to build trust, you have to extend that trust out first to that person, right? Like you did. You you realized this person needs to understand my background and what happened to me and you vulnerably shared that with your partner and you gave him the opportunity to go, hey, this is me. Are you okay with that? Can you can you support me and continue building that life that I want by being very open and very vulnerable around it, right? So yes, yes, you have to choose wisely who you open yourself up to, but ultimately you have to be the person to open up first, to or even ask for help first, right? That when you open yourself up and you share vulnerably, that's that you're extending your hand out to go, this is me. And that invites them to open up to go, oh, I have a similar experience or how could I support and help you? Because you're giving them that understanding of what you're going through or what you have gone through in the past. And um, I want to share this little like technique with your yes, audience. Please do. And here's the way to do it. Because I feel like people are like, oh my God, they just like freak out and they just blurt everything out, right? And be like, this is what's going on. They kind of let all it out. And the reaction they get ends up being, oh, I don't know, or they can freak people out or whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be like that, right? So an easy way of doing this is you give them a little trust by sharing a little bit about you, you check if they're okay, and if they're still with you before you continue on, right? So here's an example, right? So you could say kind of best way to open the conversation is go, Hey, I need help with something. Do you have time to listen? And then you wait for permission. And the reason why I do that is they might be busy doing something else. They might, their mind, their mindset may be focused on something else that they're not here with you yet. So by asking permission first and get, get, getting their engagement, because the conversation is two ways, right? Of going, do you have time to listen to me? And then they say yes, then continue on. And then you could share a little bit about like, hey, this is what I need help with, like. I'm having a hard time dealing with this issue. And if you already know, tell them exactly what you need support with. Like, can you hear me out? I just need someone to talk to about this. Or can you check up, up on me every, you know, every so often to make sure I'm okay? Like whatever it is, right? Just kind of, you tell them exactly how you want to be supported and then check again. Is this something you could help me with, right? Then you ask for permission, wait for permission. So it's this engagement of give a little bit context and then ask for permission and see if they, they're willing to step in and they're capable of stepping in. And then when they say yes, then you dive into more details to give them more context of what's going on. And that's the part of giving a little trust, opening up a little vulnerability, seeing if they have, and then check if they have the capacity to help you and then go ahead and share more. So that gives also gives you like this little like feeling of, okay, you're worried about sharing everything and then them going, I don't know how to deal with this going a little bit at a time of like here's a little bit of information can you help if not then you know okay this person cannot help you maybe there's someone else who can right but that little trust and a little vulnerability little by little helps you build that confidence to have that conversation but also give you the ability to ask for help from people who can help you Oh, I love that oh that's a great technique yes because it's so funny so I have a little eight-year-old right 
he always asks me, mom, can I ask you something? <laughs> mom, can I ask you something? He's so, maybe he's already developing the skills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's for dating or, you know, I hope not he's only eight years old but it's so funny because it totally reminded me of my son saying that I'm like oh maybe he's on the right path and asking me questions because at first I wanted to tell him honey you don't have to ask mommy it's okay just ask me I'm mommy it's okay <laughs> but he's so funny I love him so much but yes that is a good technique like I was taught in communication that you want to be acknowledged too. This is just communication, communication 101 practically. <laughs> that yet you ask a question and say, for example, like I get home from school, right? And then my little brother was playing video games and I had asked him if he washed the dishes or put the garbage out or whatever. Hmm. Like, uh, I'm just going to call him Henry. <laughs> uh, Henry, uh, did you do the dishes or whatever? And then nothing. Like, uh, Henry, did you hear me? nothing I'm like woohoo Henry <laughs> and then finally get acknowledged so I can get it acknowledged back and then back it goes back and forth right the acknowledging <laughs> exactly and I think that that's the point right of just understanding that people could be busy they could be busy like focusing on something else and that's not a personal like you don't have to take that personal like oh they're not listening to me oh they don't care like we add all these stories on top of why people can't support us when, when you really ask for help, you realize there are a lot of people out there willing to support you, but it's that barrier you've created yourself of going, and these stories you've put up of going, oh, this, you know, Henry doesn't care, or he, is, he doesn't help out at all, like whatever excuses you put on that, that actually doesn't help you. But when you go, hey, let me, just, like even walking over to him to go, Henry, tap him on the shoulder, kind of, kind of interrupt whatever he's doing. I need, I need to ask you something, or hey, I want, you know, can I check with you about something? just to get that confirmation, like I said, that acknowledgement, that's when you actually have a conversation. It's not a one-way thing, right? <laughs> yeah, I noticed this yesterday, my husband and I, oh my gosh, we're just now watching the show Lost. And so like, oh. way late. I, so I, we're like, and we don't know anything about it, right? So mm -hmm. we're just like on the second season. So we've been like binge watching because it's like so neat. We're like, what? What's the so many mysterious things going on. But yeah. anyway, it's funny because I'll be like, like wanting an engagement about the show we were watching. And I'm like, hey, what do you think about this? And I'm like, and then he would just not make any contact. Like, right, Victor? I would tell him, right, Victor? Oh, yeah, right, right. I always throw that in there. So I don't want to feel like I'm talking to myself, you know? I mean, sometimes I do, but, but you know, but out loud. But I wanted to ask him for his opinion or what he thinks or how he feels on the show. Anyway, great show, by the way, if you want to ever watch that, anybody in the audience listening. So far, so good. I mean, that's the important part. You're creating engagement. It's like you're getting the conversation. You're like, hey, I want to engage with you, right? It's not just you're talking at that person and whatnot. You're, you're just like going, I want you to engage with me. So I'm trying to get your attention. Especially yeah. nowadays when, like you said, there's like, you know, t people watching TV, you know, <laughs> people playing video games or whatever it is. Like there's so many things that are taking our attention away and not allowing us to be present. And you're not really having that quality time anymore because people are busy with on their phone, on the devices, like watching TV or just being distracted with all the different things you have to do, right? And life and whatnot. But when you kind of take that back and go, hey, I wanna connect with you and take that time to go, I want to hear your opinion or I would like your support on something. Like when you extend that, that's, that's a part of vulnerability too, of going, I want to connect with you. Are you willing to connect back with me? Yeah, as you're checking in with them, you know, mm -hmm. and that's that's very good. Uh, I was going to ask you about, okay, so you heard of stonewalling before? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So when when a couple just don't talk, period. So here we're talking about communication and then yeah. you'll get to it where they're not talking at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Is it like a proud moment or something for each of them? Should they just be like, you know what? I'm just going to like say, hey, let's talk. Like what, what should people do when someone's being stonewalled? <laughs> Yeah, and I just want to share that the stonewalling didn't happen overnight. It was something that was built over time through not talking about things when you want to talk about something, about not putting effort or connecting with your partner. And, you know, it, it really it even that even is laced with fear of going, I don't know how my partner is going to react to what I'm going to say, so I'd rather not say it. So you create that wall. That's why it's called stonewalling. You create that wall up, right? Going, oh, my partner isn't interested. Create a wall up. Oh, my partner, I don't, I want to tell my partner something, but I'm worried about how he or she is going to react. Put another wall up. You're just building this defense, right? And that's why it's, 
it feels like, wait, I'm talking to this wall. If you're building a wall, then I'm not going to do it either. And like, let's both of us build these big walls where no one's talking to each other, right? And at those moments, it's the kind of brain when you mentioned earlier is being vulnerable and just being really transparent and go and just even tell them straight up, like, telling how you're feeling. I don't like how this feels. I don't feel like I can't talk. I can't feel like I can't talk to you about something or I feel like it's really hard to, you know, get you to engage with me or listen, right? By sharing with them how you're feeling and how you do want to interact with them, just let them know and just be like, hey, are you willing to work with me to figure this all self out? It really just takes one side to kind of climb over that wall, let it down and go, hey, I because I care about you, I want to have us to have a good relationship can we work through this, right? It's having that vulnerability and going, yeah, they might continue going, well, I don't feel like talking to you right now. This is not the good time. Then just go, okay, well, can we create time to actually talk about the situation? And you could be very upfront going, hey, this is the thing that I'm con- I, I'm concerned about or worried about. Could you think about it? And let's get back, let's meet some other time to like talk about this in depth, right? Just kind of almost schedule that in, in a sense. Because by doing so, you're giving them context of what you're having issues with. And that gives them time to really think about it and go, oh, how did this happen? What are the issues? Why am I feeling this way about the situation, right? And then when you come together as a couple to talk about it, it could be more, let's work through this and let's figure it out, right? So yes, it does take two people to engage and kind of tear down those walls. But one side has to say, my ego is not more important than this relationship that my pride what i think i i feel it's right or wrong that shouldn't matter at that moment what should matter most is how do i reconnect with my partner to reconnect our relationship and rekindle that that connection because the stonewalling on both sides it isn't it's not helping anyone else out right I know it's just like it probably has like a weird energy if yeah. you're living together and it's probably like a weird energy in the household or if you're doing errands together not talk I mean I don't even know how that would actually <laughs> yeah but you know uh, I noticed that um when my husband and I go out well because you know we don't go out to clubs we don't go out to uh we go out to restaurants but we don't drink alcohol there uh, mm-hmm. he doesn't drink at all we enjoy like nature and we enjoy conversations with each other and just no distraction just we're with nature <laughs> it mm-hmm. is we were recently on um martin luther king day on monday we were recently at mirror woods if you've been there you're from oh, the bay yeah, area I, yeah I, we've never been there, and oh my been there like all my life <laughs> and he's been here for a long time and so I'm like, let's go check it out. So we had no kids at that time. It was just he and I. We went on this adventure. We went to go in the Redwoods, you know, and then we took a side trail and it was like a hike forever up. And then we finally decided, oh, maybe we'll cut across there, even though it was blocked, right? (laughs) It was like an adventure. So doing construction, do not enter this way. Uh But we're like, we saw some other people going there. Well, well, let's just go. I don't want to walk another mile uphill (laughs) and then go downhill for another three miles or whatever <laughs> and so we cut across and there's all this construction stuff it's like so much fun you have like these miniature adventures and you appreciate each other more because you're not distracted by who's he looking at is he looking at her which I don't anyway but I just use an example mm-hmm. or or this or you know just getting things like you said in the head <laughs> in the head mm-hmm. right so I wanted to know in your coaching how do you address the challenges of setting and respecting of course your healthy boundaries <laughs> in dating <laughs> Yeah, and yes, this is definitely really important. I think this kind of ties back to what I was saying before, like, you know, my old self of being like a people pleaser and like the nice girl and all that. I I allowed people to to cross my boundaries and go, it's okay. Like I would find excuses, go, oh, it's okay for them to do that, right? And I think that's why there's so much conversation about self-care and enforcing boundaries and stuff like that. But there's definitely a very, a different way of, of approaching it, not just going boundary, I set up another wall. Boundary is a wall, don't cross it or else, right? Like mm-hmm. it's more about, hey, turn that into a conversation with your partner or, or and just go, hey, for me, I feel like this isn't okay. And there's these are examples of where I felt like you've crossed my boundary, right? Just be really clear, but be very specific about what they are so they know, 
oh, I didn't realize by doing that equaled crossing your boundaries. We're getting really clear examples of telling them what it is, examples of when it happened, and be sure to do it without any blame. It's just going, hey, by doing this made me feel insecure, made me feel, you know, that you didn't care or whatever it is, right? But you tell them really clearly, this action made you feel this way, right? And when you do that, then let them know, it's like, hey, you know, here's an example or here's a solution. Like, hey, if you, maybe in the situations, you could do this instead. So you offer them a potential answer or potential way of doing it to make you feel better or not feel like your boundaries being crossed and have that conversation with them, right? Like setting a boundary is being very clear about what, how, ha, how has that violated your values or how has that violated, you know, made you feel not good enough or whatever it is, right? By expressing that and then sharing examples of how it, it didn't work out and how it can work out, you're having a conversation and you can set your partner up for success right yeah it's you're supposed to be rooting each other on you're together yeah. for a reason you have to remember the common denominator why you got together <laughs> what and i think people so often forget like what how why they fell in love with their partner you know <laughs> they and it's nice to remember those moments you know kind of like think back to back in those days and what has changed between then and now and then somehow go see you if they need help <laughs> And I think this is the part where it, it, I think how it starts to change differently is people feel like I have more options. There's easy ways, ways out. I don't have to put in the effort or if this doesn't work out, I'm just going to leave. Right. There's so much like belief of like, fine, if this doesn't work out, I'm gone. And that belief doesn't help because in a partnership, in a relationship, you want to feel like your partner has your back who could support you no matter what, right? Through life's ups and downs, which is plenty, right, in our life, of how to find and build that relationship where your partner and you and your partner could support each other through thick and thin, help each other through problems and issues, then going, I don't wanna deal with this, so I'm out, right? Like that belief is what's causing a lot of issues. And I think another issue is people are not communicating ahead of time and building a strong foundation for that relationship. So, People, there are plenty of people you probably think of your own experiences right even definitely in mine too where I didn't communicate what I needed and wanted and just assumed my partner would just do it or they know or understand and it doesn't happen right or this conversation you just don't talk about it's like the elephant in the room we walk in at house like no we don't talk about that and those are actually reasons why your relationship is not working out right. because you didn't have those conversations and you want to have those conversations and you understand each other better. That's how you actually build that foundation, right? Anytime you feel like I can't tell my partner something, you have to understand why are you feeling that way? And what's holding you back from actually just telling your partner what that is? Another part, the vulnerability coming out of going, you have to tell your partner what you want because they can't read your mind, right? No one can read your mind. No matter how long you've been with that person, they can't read your mind. So you have to vulnerably and openly to share what that is. Yes. Yeah. Because they can't read your mind. <laughs> and I always tell my husband, I'm not a mind reader. So it's so funny that you said that. I said, I don't know. <laughs> now, um, I'm going to go back to my first marriage, right? Yeah. So this is in my heavy drinking, mm -hmm. drinking very heavily. He was too, but get this. He was the one enabling me, not at, mm -hmm. saying, hey, maybe perhaps you have a, a problem. We just, I, we just come to the conclusion that I had a high tolerance. Yeah. No, but he was an enabler. And I was like, that was, I don't, I don't like divorce. I don't like breakups. I don't like <laughs> if you find someone you truly love and you're really passionate with each other, make it work somehow. Mm -hmm. The only way it will make it work is if you work together <laughs> with it. <laughs> Um, but I was going to say that he would always give me alcohol and he actually had some codependency issues. I didn't know, realize in the past. And he wanted me to stay at a certain state. I don't know why, maybe just to be where he was, because he was also an addict in the past with narcotics and then would partake in whatever I was doing, which was mostly drinking. <laughs> so we would just drink all the time, but we would fight, obviously, because we're drinking so heavily. We're not in our right state of minds. We're inebriated. It feels like we're being possessed by something else. It's probably why they call it spirits <laughs> you know <laughs> who knows right but yeah. uh, how do you actually help your clients navigate issues of codependency which can particularly be like in my story very challenging in sobriety <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah I think 
in those moments is understanding why codependency happens, right? Codependency happens, and you know, since I don't know your ex-husband, I can't explain, speak for him, but a potential possibility is that he was worried about you leaving him. If you change, if you stop drinking alcohol, you might not love him for who he is anymore. So he kept you in that state to continue the same pattern that you guys had over and over again, because one, it's comfortable. That means that you're still with him, that you're not leaving him, right? So it's codependency happens when you have this void within you of feeling not enough, not good enough, and you need that other person to fill that void. So you keep them at a certain state or you keep repeating same relationship patterns because that in your past, I feel like if I kept doing this, that person will stay. If I keep doing this, this is the result that'll happen, right? And if any change happens, that scares them. Okay, oh my God, that changes if you start getting sober again or if you, you just, you know, like there's, if different situations in your life changes, then you can't repeat the same pattern that felt comfortable for him, right? So in those moments of codependency, it's really take a step back and go, you have to find within yourself first of, does this feel right? What feels off? It's understanding yourself of what is okay, what not, what's not okay with you anymore. And actually have that conversation with your partner. It's gonna be uncomfortable. It's, it could be really challenging, especially if that person just doesn't understand or does, can't verbalize why they're feeling that way. But the point is you have to be the one to stand up for yourself and go, yes, I love you, I care about you, and because I care, we have to do something different, because this is not good for both of us in the long term, right? Yeah. And I think there's a part two, just I just want to share a little bit about even the self-confidence part of you've also given your partner the power. You gave away your power to decide and go like, you're relying on them to kind of feel, give you validation, to give you approval, to make you feel worthy, like all that. And no one can really do that for you. Like people can, but then if they take that away, then your self-confidence goes down, your self-worth goes down because you're like, oh, I don't have it anymore, then I'm not good enough. Mm. And that's when you have to go, how do I create and build my own self-worth within me so I'm not reliant on someone else? And so no one can take that away from you. Yes, that makes a lot of sense. And thank you for clarifying Clarifying that for me, <laughs> the clarity relationship coach here. <laughs> yes, that makes a lot of sense. And then that's exactly why we had a divorce because I wanted to go on my journey of recovery, which still still took a long time after we divorced. But he still wanted that lifestyle of DJing, partying, clubs. And so I couldn't be a part of that. And that is the reason why divorced because I noticed in sobriety, when you do get sober, those relationships you had, they're going to dissolve because you're no longer relate to them anymore because you're on a different path to greater things. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> right. So yeah. um, how can, how can one, I'm, I know you're not a sobriety coach or anything, but I'm just trying to think like in yeah. your, in your opinion, what are some good things some people can do who are on their journey of sobriety what and how to find new friends or a sober tribe i just want to kind of tie back to what you're saying about before with your with your ex is yeah. the part of going when you get sober when you make changes in your life your past your past relationships your past situations they're going to start looking differently to you and it's for you to understand that it's okay for those relationships to change and you, when you let go of that something better will open up for you Right, because I, my coach, I, I also obviously I work, I have my own coaches, and I worked. One of my first coaches told me that when you start changing your life, you know, people are going to leave you. Are going to leave you, and there's, that sounds scary, right? Going, oh my god, I'm already changing my life. That's a big deal, and now more people are going to leave me, and like there, there's that sense of like, oh no, what am I doing wrong? Oh no, I need to cling on to those relationships because, you know, I need that security. But it's real. I. At that moment, I actually lost one of my best friends because I changed my lifestyle too. I stopped going out drinking and partying and and I changed that lifestyle. And that person was just like, wait, how come you're not going out with me anymore? I'm like, well, that's not what I'm choosing to do. And our friendship just broke up because of that. And when I start telling her, hey, there's something better you could do. Like, I want better for you. And they go, they freak out or whatever, because 
they, like you said, like your ex, they wanted to keep that old pattern and you're not there anymore. So the first part understanding it's okay for people to exit your life because you find better. Because soon after that, because I, I found better community, I found people who were kind of more in alignment with what I'm looking for, what I want to do with my life, that I found better friends. I found people in alignment with me to support me on this new me that I'm becoming. And when you let go and be like, it's okay. And I go back to what I was saying before, building that self-worth, that self-confidence, I will be okay. No matter what happens in my life, I will be okay. And then I will find the right people. By having that belief, it makes it easier to let go of those who aren't a good fit and continue to hold on to, yes, I have that belief. I have that hope. It is going to happen, right? And I think, you know, just being in, right, of where you want to go and how you want to change your life it's believing there are people out there who feel the exact same way. So it's finding the community. It's either finding, you know, groups like local meetup groups or local, like, like find ways of meeting people like that. And it's actually branching out to, to very different, you know, opportunities to find that and just trust that, okay, this is the new me. What would the new me want to do? Now I'm going to go do it and find the people that are in alignment of what, who I want to become. Right. Yes. Yes. Because I think, you know, as we have to love ourselves too in a compassionate yeah. way, not in an arrogant way. <laughs> but um, I noticed that as I started changing, I started mm -hmm. attracting people automatically to yeah. who I want to become. And I started then seeking out different mentors that are who I would want to become. <laughs> Yeah. And so that's actually helped me in my sobriety journey, which then introduced me to other people, you know, that I, I don't necessarily hang out. I don't really hang out. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, at least I haven't made the time to hang out with people because I have the kids and family stuff and you know how it goes, but I do keep in contact with them and we do communicate. And so it's nice to have that extra support. And I feel so much happier having mm -hmm. those friends in my life. I mean, nothing yeah. wrong with the friends that I had in the past. Yeah. nothing's wrong it's just it just we just don't talk <laughs> as much anymore you know maybe a little bit on social media but that's about it because that's not who I want that's who I was I mm -hmm. I want to become something greater and the only way I can become something greater is if I surround myself with greatness mm -hmm. with great people <laughs> absolutely and I think that's what's different nowadays is that you could use the internet. You could go out and find people all over the world who are like-minded, who want to grow and kind of build out the life that you want similarly, right? And actually just have those conversations. I have a lot of friends, especially during COVID, I actually met a lot of friends all over the world who I still keep in touch with on a regular basis. And it's not to feel like, oh, there's no one around me physically like that, then then you're doomed. That is not the case at all, right? Like the internet has given you this opportunity of finding groups of finding, you know, learning about new things and like whatever it is, you could find commonality with people all over the world now. So tap into that and look for look for support, look for groups that you could talk to or organizations you could join or learn from coaches and mentors. And from that, because you find the same, some, you know, you say, hey, I want to work with this coach or this mentor. That means anyone who work, who, who works with that person is like-minded and you become friends with them too. Yeah. So you hang out with the people that you align with. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Now, can you actually share an example of a success story of how your coaching has helped somebody in a relationship and, and, and your approach, can you share a little bit about how you approach them and what you do with them in your frame, in your uh, signature framework, I should say. <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I think there's a really specific client where she has been single for more than six years. It just had a lot of stuff that happened in her past that she was reluctant to date. And, you know, she finally was like, okay, enough is enough. And she we had conversations and go, okay, yes, I could definitely help you. And the first thing, it's a courage. I commend her. She just took courage for her to go, I, I need help, right? And looking for it and find alignment, go, okay, hearing her situation, I was like, okay, yes, I could definitely help you. Let's have a conversation. Let's talk more and work together. And through my process, how I do it differently is actually, it's not just applying all the dating strategies, techniques, and all that stuff up front. It's not about creating that perfect dating profile, whatever it is, right? It's like, no, take a step back and find out within you first, what is it that and who is it that you're looking for in a relationship? It's taking that step back and find out within yourself, what is it that you truly need and want? 
not what your mom tells you, not what society tells you, not what your culture and whatnot tells you you should or shouldn't have. It's actually dive deep into finding out who and what that person is like, who and what that, what is that relate, that ideal relationship like for you. And when you have that clarity, then it's easier to go and date, easier to have conversations, easier to filter out people who are good and aren't good matches because you have a clear idea that allows you to step out into the dating world a lot more confident and you could have really clear conversations with people to go hey this is what i'm looking for are you in alignment and that's what i helped my client with because she was like well i have a fuzzy idea this is what i kind of looking for what i want a lot of her qualities were a little more superficial of like and i was like well okay why is it that are those important qualities and we work through that and help work through her limiting beliefs any her past like baggage or trauma that's really held her back and so that combination of that, that really gave her the confidence and clarity to go out and go, okay, I can handle the dating world. I can maneuver what's going on and whatnot. And she was able to find someone really surprising, and I'm not surprising, but not surprising, really quickly of, hey, this person seems like a good match. We could have conversations, things feel easy. I could be myself with him. And they were able to converse and dive into those deep questions quickly they just dance around superficial, like, hey, what are your hobbies? What are your hobbies? What do you like to do? Like, great, but let's find out what your relationship values are. What is important to you? What are your relationship life goals and stuff like that? And when you have those deeper conversations, when you're vulnerable and transparent about what you're looking for, you find that connection quicker and that person's more willing to accept you for who you are than this facade or this persona you're putting up of like who I should be or shouldn't be like. That's just being yourself completely. That's how you track the right partner for you. And she met, we worked together for about 11 weeks or so, and she met her partner there. And they got married soon after. So yeah, just like you kind of a really quick story of like found the right person really quickly and got married. And yeah, and they're, they're building a beautiful life together. That's amazing. Oh, I love, I love success stories. I always love hearing <laughs> success in relationships because it can happen you can have yeah. a successful relationship totally. <laughs> uh, yeah so a lot of our listeners here are you know on the journey of sobriety or even sober curious mm-hmm. but everywhere dating itself there's alcohol everywhere <laughs> everyone mm-hmm. wants to hey you want to get a drink want to yeah. get a drink um what I did with my uh, with my husband before we got married mm-hmm. we said hey you want a cup of coffee <laughs> Mm-hmm. That was fun. What are some fun activities, sober activities people can go out on dates to? Yeah, I think one, first off, I would just want to share that it's actually good and important to be clear up front of like, hey, I want to do an activity that doesn't require alcohol because I want to get to know you. You start off like that. You don't have to explain your whole history of what's going on. Just going, hey, this is my preference. What could we do based on that preference? Right. So you're just like, hey, I'm looking for something that we're not drinking. Totally understandable. Right. Then you could think of any activities, like you said, you, you and your husband like to go out in nature, maybe doing a hike or doing a walk or just walking around the downtown area or something scenic, right? Or just, you know, have coffee or go do an activity together of finding something exciting to do that both of you guys are interested in or never done and would like to try and go do it together. There's a part of you learn more about a person through doing the activity because you, you can observe how do they think through things how you know can you have fun and do things together right like how could you so it's like it's a really quick way to get to understand someone so go find an activity or suggest or you find something that you really enjoy doing hey i want to go do this you want to come with me right yeah. turn it into an invitation so yeah like there are definitely so many opportunities and it really doesn't have to revolve around alcohol and i think there's a part of People kind of rely on the alcohol because like, oh, I'm nervous. I'm like, I don't know how to handle it. Oh my God, let me just drink alcohol to give me that look, look at courage, right? Is to be okay to go, you know what? Breathe through it. You will be fine, right? Both of you guys are nervous. It's a first date or whatever. Like you, both of you are nervous and that's okay. And it's just, even you could be really upfront going, hey, I'm really nervous right now, um, but I'm really excited to meet you and get to know you kind of thing, right? Just even sharing that vulnerably Make, can make that person go, oh my gosh, I'm not the only one who's nervous. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna take a deep breath. Let's continue on this conversation, getting to know each other. So it's the share that it's okay not to involve alcohol. There are plenty of opportunities not to. And to be really vulnerable upfront of telling what your preferences are and even sharing how nervous or how you're feeling at the moment. 
I love the vulnerability piece. That's that's great. And another story I want to share is that my husband, because we don't drink, <laughs> we went to Great America. <laughs> it was during uh, Halloween time, I think. And oh yeah, we were celebrating our our wedding <laughs> anniversary, our marriage anniversary, but our wedding anniversary is in Fe in February first. Hmm. Uh, but we wanted to go and do something fun, so we went to Great America. And I, I this is, he's gonna hate me if he hears this. I hope you don't hear this, husband. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, vulnerability, okay? <laughs> but we went to Great America, and he's always told me he does not like roller coasters. But I see him as like this, like courageous, brave man. Like he's very confident. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you got this. Let's go on this. Let's go on this. He's all, oh no, but I, okay, I'll go. You know. And then so we went on. What was like the Patriot, the Demon Ride, the some other roller coaster and then there's another one that was like oh, this uh trail uh blazer i don't know or razor i don't know what it's called <laughs> looks very fun and very scary let's try it uh -huh. sure enough we get on there and he goes like i'm a little dizzy i'm like oh but let's go on this kitty ride on the mouse ride you know at least a little roller coaster maybe you'll be okay with that one since these big roller coasters are not yeah. too much well this was so windy <gasps> and then he threw up oh no <laughs> So I don't know why I'm sharing this story, but I was just saying, it was an experience. I've never seen him throw up before <laughs> in our whole marriage. And I felt so bad. I felt like, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, I really thought you would ha could handle all these rides because I see you as so much more. <laughs> uh, I said, no, no, I, I just wanted to do it for you. I'm like, okay, never again. We'll just start off with the bumper cars or something. <laughs> but we wanted to act like kids and I feel like our inner child mm -hmm. comes out and it's so much fun when we do things that doesn't involve like drugs alcohol mm -hmm. it's just we can be our natural selves or our inner child who yeah. just enjoys life and is so innocent and having fun so that's what I appreciate is we had a great time at Great America Absolutely. <laughs> and I just want to share that he was vulnerable with you yeah, like doing something so outside. Literally, of <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Literally, yeah. Very uncomfortable, but because he cares about you, he's willing to do it with you because he knew that it made you happy, and he was very vulnerable. Go like he threw up. It, it, and those moments of throwing up, not feeling well, like those are very vulnerable moments to show your partner, show anyone, right? Yeah. So to go like. And you, like you showing you appreciate him like well thank you for doing this with me and like sorry I made you feel that way but you also gave him that acknowledgement of going you stepped out of your comfort zone for me and I really appreciate it so even just having those little nuances I think nowadays people don't really say that enough and people feel taken for granted because they don't share that to go I appreciate you thank you for doing what you've done I see you doing something outside your comfort zone i see you for doing something for me for our relationship and just it really it doesn't hurt anyone right it, it doesn't cause it doesn't cause any extra it does cause extra effort because you have to say it but that extra effort gives acknowledgement and shows that you're you appreciate your partner and also it's also hate little side hint <laughs> side note <laughs> That shows your partner what you what he that person needs to do to make you happy. So you're sharing with them. I appreciate you for doing it. I acknowledge you, but also this what you just did made me happy. So they're more willing to do it again for you because you acknowledge that. Yes. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I know people are blown away. They're like, you know what? I want to start by, you know, I'm sober now. I want to start a relationship. <laughs> Where can people find you and find you on social media? Yeah, so I am. So my social media handle is thoughtfully cat. So you could find me on a Twitter, on Instagram, and Threads. And you could actually, I think you'll probably have this link in the show notes that I actually have a gift and special offer for your podcast listeners. That in the show notes you can go download my free guide. It's not a numbers game, how to stack the deck in your favor to find your soulmate fast. And also a 20% off discount on my digital version of my guided journal. And so my guided journal is called Love, Vision, Clarity and has numerous tons of conversational prompts for you to, to help you discover who and what you truly want in a relationship to help you feel loved, happy, and fulfilled. Yeah. Wow. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah, our audience has a special treat from Kat. <laughs> That's great. Any last thoughts or anything you'd like to share? 
Yeah, I think that's something that I do want to share and kind of be really kind of a reminder for people that your request is not a demand. Your request is a conversation, an opportunity for you and your partner to actually become closer as a couple. So when you ask for something, use it as a conversation opener of going, hey, this is something important to me. Hey, I'm not feeling good about this thing or this, this thing is bothering me. Like, can we have a conversation about it? And to remember, it is a conversation. It's a two-way thing. So set your partner up for success, set yourself up for success by sharing vulnerably and telling them what's on your mind. Because remember, they can't read your mind no matter how long you've been with them. So be vulnerable and share. Beautiful, Kat. Well, thank you so much for being on my show. It's been an mm. honor. And I just am so excited about your free gift here. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that. I wish I had that, but I'm okay now. <laughs> thank you so much, Kat. Of course. To my cherished listeners, from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety. The other, a personal sharing from my journey, a six-step blueprint towards an alcohol-free life. These are the steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's the word GIFT, G-I-F-T, at 1-855-649-6196. With all of my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.